guys, welcome along to episode 146 of Blind Guy Talks Tech. For Monday the 4th of July, it's Independence Day in the US. Hello, happy Independence Day. And oh boy, we got big shows for you this week. You're listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Now, here's that blind guy himself, Stephen Scott. <laughs> yes, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, it is I, that blind guy, Stephen Scott. Sean Priest is somewhere over there. Hello, Sean Priest. Yeehaw! Happy Yee- 4th of July! Yeehaw, indeed. Yes, it is a happy day for Americans everywhere because you know why, Sean? I'm going to tell you why. Why? It's something to do with the White House, Will Smith, and aliens. No, it has nothing to do with any of that. It means Americans can eat hot dogs, and I mm. believe as many of them as humanly possible. I'm glad you brought up hot dogs, Stephen Scott. As you know, I recently bought you a gift, a, a present, if you will, of a hot dog from a certain a uh, branch chain of burger places. Uh, and you said rather sarcastically, I'll have a hot dog. And they did hot dogs. And it was the most expensive hot dog I've ever bought in my life. And I hope it was good. Can I tell you, Five yes. Guys, by the way, was a restaurant. And it, I don't care if we advertise them. Well, we might does be it, sponsored. They might sponsor us. Apparently, I paid for uh, at least 15,000 shows with that purchase of a hot dog. <laughs> I mean, how much can a burger be? I had a, a, a cheeseburger, what do they call it? All the way which basically just means it adds salad on it. And the whole meal came to 28 quid. 28 English pounds. I nearly had a heart attack. It was ridiculous. I will say that I paid for his hotel, his travel, yes. uh, meals there. Drinks. Uh, drinks. Yes. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I, you know, you paid for one meal and, you know, you got yeah. a little bit upset by that. So, you know, my heart bleeds for you, Priest. Yes. It really does. Did you does. eat it? I bet. Because I, I couldn't even I was late for my train, so I couldn't even stay to watch you enjoy it. Well, make sure you ate it, because if you left even one piece, I would have been very upset. No, it was actually it was a wonderful hot dog. In fact, oh. you know, I'm a bit picky when it comes to hot dogs. You see, I grew up mm. in the days when you yeah. got hot dogs at school mm. and they were Oof. generally terrible. But I don't know, you got used to a certain taste. No. Maybe hot- it was mashed no. up eyes and whatever else was in there. Earls, aisles, and every other thing else. And every other a-hole, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, It was all in there. Hot dogs are terrible. I mean, universally, they are terrible. Everyone holds them up like they're a great thing. It's a bit like popcorn. Awful, terrible, gets in your teeth, tastes disgusting. But everyone says, oh, that's really nice. No, no, no. It's it's a lie. Hot dogs are awful. Too much bread. The bread-to-meat ratio is all wrong. I feel like we're going off on a tangent. I feel you are. Um, I'm quite happy to bring it back because, look, there is a lot to talk about this week. I know, 28 this quid. Program. <laughs> 28 pounds. You're not going to let this go, are you? You're really not going to let this go. You're going to go on about this for weeks. I am. For a burger. It was very nice, though. Well, it was a nice burger. I will say, you know, because what they did with it was they halved it down the middle and they kind of opened it up and yeah. then they put it inside the bread. So it fits the bread. You know, you're talking about this bread to meat ratio. Yes. Not a problem with the Five Guys burger. Because it's all layered perfectly. See, that's what you need. That's right. You don't want too much bread at either end because then you're getting a mouthful of bread with no sausage. Nothing. Exactly. With no sausage. With no sauce. I know. No mustard. Mm -mm. You're steady. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, happy 4th of July, Americans. Enjoy your hot dogs. Enjoy your hot dogs. Go to Five Guys. They do great hot dogs. It was lovely. But just expensive, expensive, but they're yes. nice. Um, well, it didn't matter to me because I didn't pay for it. No. Anyway, moving on. Yes. Uh, lots to talk about. In fact, you know what? We've got a secret episode coming out. We can't talk about it. I but know. the next episode, 
is secret. And I've been getting all kinds of tweets and messages and emails over the past day because I've I put up on Twitter yesterday uh, on Sunday just saying, hey, you know, guys, we've got a special episode coming up, an extra episode for you on the Monday. And a lot of people are kind of like, oh, what's going on? What's happening here? Well, I can't tell you because I've been sworn to yep. secrecy. We could tell you, but then we'd have to kill you. But I will tell you this. Yes. And I'm, you know, normally people like to build these. You know me, I like to you know build things up occasionally and they don't uh-huh. usually come to much. Yes. <laughs> so that's not my life in general. Um, but <laughs> um, this is pretty big news. It is. Like, this is big. This is it's everything we've been dreaming for. This actually may uh, okay. force me to build a, a breaking news jingle. <gasps> oh, that'd be good. I mean, this will actually force me out of laziness. Okay. Well, you've got a few hours to get that done. Good luck. It'll never happen. No. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a big, big story coming up later on the podcast. So do stick around for that. Not on this episode, but on the next episode, uh, reasons will become clear later. But basically, it is down to what we're allowed to say and when. Uh, but we want to get the episode out today. And there's other breaking news as well. It's not the only breaking news in town. There's a lot going on at the moment. Uh, we heard the news that Orbit Research have announced, and this is all at the ACB convention that's happening at the moment in the States. Um, ACB have announced, uh, uh, sorry, um, Orbit Research Orbit. has announced uh, a brand new Orbit Slate family of multi-line Braille displays. And uh, they did this at the, uh, well, they're actually announcing it both at the ACB and the NFB conventions that are happening over the uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, the Orbit Slate, they say, is the first and only product in the world to provide multiple lines of true real-time refreshable Braille in a single mm-hmm. compact tablet-sized device. Uh, so you have your keyboard at the bottom of this device. Above that, you have a multi-line display as well. How and, many lines? Um, so let's see. Um, the Slate offers Orbit's unique signage quality true Braille cells in two configurations, a model with three rows of 40 cells and one with five rows of 20 cells. Okay, cool. That's quite so nice. It offers all the features like of the revolutionary Orbit Reader 20, including a book reader, editor, and the ability to connect a smartphone or computer via Bluetooth or USB. Also via Google. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to bring that up. Um, and access all the features of uh, these platforms using popular screen reader programs. Oh, it also includes cool. features for productivity and convenience, uh, such as onboard Braille translation in over 40 languages, a clock with alarms, a calendar, and a calculator. It's got it all. And for the amazing price of... Uh, coming soon to... Ah. Uh, price near you. TBC. Um, okay. Yeah, well, they that's... haven't announced the price yet. Do you know, I, I, not being a, a Braille display user, I don't know, but this sounds like yeah, you know, like a game changer to me, surely, because you're, you're getting three or five times the information you normally would. Isn't that? Well, that's good, right? I mean, it's like having a book and a Braille, uh, well, having a book, well, Kindle, I, shall we say. Yes. A Kindle and the typewriter built in. Uh, okay, if you say so. I, I just think... <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, isn't it? Well, it's just uh, the the thing I can never quite get my head around. Uh, again, I'm not a Braille display user, but having that small twenty eight pounds, twenty eight quid, I unbelievable for a burger. Anyway, it was how it seems such a small window into the the actual book or whatever is the information you're reading to have fourteen, twenty, or forty or eighty cells of that and having to scroll through it and all that. Uh, look, as I said, I, I don't know because I'm not a Braille user, but that seems like a really limiting to me. But having that multi-line display, that seems really yep. cool. 
Yeah, and I can see this being massive in education and employment. Individually, I don't know. I mean, you know, I will say one thing about Orbit. Their devices are built really well. I mean, they are like tanks. Yeah. I know there was a few issues with the original Orbit reader, but you know what? That was the first device that went out. So I'm going to give them a bit, I'm going to cut them a little bit of slack on that one. Yes. Um, but, you know, going forward, I haven't had as many complaints about the Orbit reader 20, uh, the new one. Uh, is it the Plus, they call that? Plus. Uh, and there's the 40 as well, which is, again, it's like built like a tank. And yeah. the quality of Braille, for someone new to Braille or someone who's older, uh, and I say older as in, like, not learning Braille as a kid, nice. um, coming to Braille later on, you kind of sometimes need a bit more firmness in your Braille. And I know that some of the devices do have options. I know, for example, my Focus 14, you can change the... the, the um, Sponginess. Yeah, I suppose that's the word. Yeah, that's, that's the right word. Yeah, uh, you can change the sponginess, which actually, in some ways, is good. I like that it's flexible like that. Um, that's really can, good. Yeah, you, but this is tactile, very tactile quality signage braille, so it's very, very tough braille. Maybe not ideal for long reading. Um, it depends on your. This is very um, specific to the individual. I think. Listeners on, on my fingers, how sensitive you are. Me and my partner tried reading the braille <laughs> on. Song. A package of um, shampoo yesterday, and it ended in uh, well. Basically, I had a dead arm at the end of it because she was uh, smacking me because we were fighting over what it actually said, and uh, and it was purely because I couldn't. My fingers are so unsensitive, insensitive that I I couldn't make it out for love. You money. are definitely insensitive. That's I, for I sure. am very unsensitive, desensitive, yeah. desensitized. Twenty eight pound. I know. Who'd have thought? Eh? Um. Listen, there's also some other breaking news, which we're going to get to in uh, tomorrow's podcast. There's actually so much we can't cram it all in. Uh, it's a busy week this week and, uh, at the the conventions in America, where it used to be across the world. You know, you used to go to Site Village, as we did last week, and you'd get a lot of big announcements there. Uh, a lot of the big announcements now seem to be happening at the NFB and the ACB conventions. Mm-hmm. So uh, another announcement just came out overnight, and that is that, and this is so interesting because we had humanware on the podcast on Friday. And we asked them questions about devices and what's coming. And we get nothing. We get absolutely, we get, mm-hmm. we, all we get getting was AI. They get t- talking about AI. Mm. Well, now we know why. Because they have just announced, and it's not out yet, so don't go looking for it. And don't look for pricing. And don't look for demos of it, because there's none of those either. Um, but they have announced, coming soon, the Stellar Trek GPS device still in beta, apparently. I, I'm no, sorry, I'm not happy. I'm not okay. happy. We interviewed them. We give them every chance. I know they couldn't say anything because they went for it to be released at the AC. But that's not the point. I'm not happy, Stephen. No. Well, that's fine. Well, look, uh, David Goldfield is our uh, man on the ground with this one. He is going to join us on tomorrow's show to talk all about what he's learned about the uh, new Stellar Trek GPS device. More than we device. did when we interviewed. More than we did. We know yes. nothing about this yep. thing. But yep. uh, no, I'm very excited to get David on. He's been following the ACB convention virtually, and uh, he is going to join us for the podcast tomorrow. So not the next podcast, but the one after, if you're listening sequentially. Um, but you know what? They're all labelled and uh, all details on the on the podcast feed. So just keep checking. We're going to be dropping episodes as we go this week because, to be perfectly honest, guys, there's so much going on, um, and, and we're just going to try and keep up this week. That's all we can really do. Um, but we will uh, get more on that for you, and of course, our big announcement coming up in the next podcast. But back to now, 
Uh, and before we welcome our special guest to today's uh, episode, and uh, wow, I mean, this alone to me is big news in itself. Yes. Uh, and that is the release of Jaws for ARM, or ARM. We've been corrected on this. No, sorry. Aaron clarified this uh, for no. me on message. He said it's, it's ARM, not ARM. Okay, no, so it's ARM. We're, we're going to be speaking to Aaron, who's in Cumbria. And we'll not hold that against him, but uh, we are going to be speaking to Aaron shortly on the podcast to uh, hear about him and uh, his work and also to learn more about Jaws on Arm. Uh, but first, <laughs> but first, we have a special message, Sean. It has come to my attention that from a remote Scottish village, the Colossus Scoticus Staticus Stevenus has pondered the question of which is mightier in the vast ocean, the dolphin or shark. Now, had you actually listened to my series, the blue planet, instead of consuming biscuits like others consume oxygen, you might know the answer. I shall attempt to enlighten you as the most recent scientific observations on this topic, so put down the crisps and try to pay attention. Dolphins' flexible joints and soft skin give dolphins the upper fin compared to their cartilage-filled counterpart. The horizontal tail of the dolphin compared to the vertical fin of the shark give dolphins an extreme advantage when changing course in the vertical axis of the ocean, making for quicker and more flexible attack. Like taking a white cane to the gut, dolphin's snout is hard bone and is used like a battering ram to attack the soft underbellies of sharks that can cause serious internal injuries to the shark. Next, sharks are solitary hunters while dolphins travel in pot. So, if a shark messes with a single dolphin, expect the whole pod to come to aid. And finally, it's about brains over brawn. Sharks may be stronger, but dolphins have the intelligence to outsmart a shark. Very much how Jane might say is that a biscuit behind you as she runs off with your keyboards. Now, next time you have a question regarding nature, please watch my specials before calling me directly. After all, I am actually knighted by the Queen and have many better things to do. You know, had you thought to bring Sally, she certainly would have known the answer. Good day! <laughs> Sorry, was that the Queen at the end? <laughs> I, I, I have absolutely no idea. I think David Attenborough became the Queen. Yes, I don't know how that works. Yes. Uh, thank, thank you to our... Uh, Esteemed guest, uh, David Attenborough. Yes. Um, and that also all, known all, as Deepfake. Uh, Deepfake. Yeah. <laughs> also, of course, that, that's stemming from the Dolphin Dave interview, of course, where you said the, yes. uh, the shark was mightier than the dolphin. Proven Meaning wrong. Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Dolphin Dave wasn't too impressed by that comment either, to be fair. I think he challenged <laughs> me to fight at various points during that conversation. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, well, thank you for sending that in. Bizarre. Um, person, but there we yes. go. Um, and speaking of Sally, uh, another hijack this weekend, Sean. Did another hijack. On the, yes, on the I did. Of course, I'm it's getting get... used to this now. Well, I, I, quite honest, it's good to have the time off, right? Well, yeah. I'm thinking, yes, yeah, like, <laughs> this is great. Did Did you hear the interview? I, I listened to Robin on the interview yesterday. I learned so. I mean, I, I feel yeah. I know about Robin, mm. but I always learn more. There's always learn more about Robin. It was there's a brilliant always interview. more to Robin than you think. Yes, you, I, haven't, if, if I, I haven't listened yet. I'm going to listen. Well, I was going to say if you've skipped over it and you've thought oh, I'll catch that at some point, go back and listen to. it. I actually found it a wonderful Sunday listen, um, and I really want to thank Sally 
and Robin as well for being yes, so open and honest on it. Well done. Yeah, round of applause for them. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well yeah. done. Sally's doing a great brilliant. job there as well. She is. Uh, she can take over this thing when I can't be bothered yes. anymore. Oh, hang on. What time is it? Um, <laughs> what dogs it? Five guys? Bye. Uh, five guys? Bye, guys. Um, but uh, no, that, that was a wonderful, wonderful podcast. I really enjoyed that. Thank you, Sally. Um, so uh, we also got a message in on the Eleanor line from Eleanor. Hi, everyone. It's Eleanor calling to say how much I enjoyed Sally's fascinating interview with Robin. During the course of the interview, the cane versus guide dog came up. I'm on Team Robin on this one. Mm. I got my first dog in 1968 and have never looked back, so to speak. (laughs) I'm on dog number seven now. His name is Norris, and we're known as Team Eleanoris. Hey. (laughs) For me, along with the independence the dog gives you, is the companionship. But in the end, it comes down to what suits you and your situation. However... I would like to point out that it wouldn't be very satisfying to cuddle a cane. (laughs) Bye for now. (laughs) Yeah, there's truth to that, Eleanor. That is true. Cuddling a cane, not so much fun. Although, in saying that, folding it up and throwing it in a cupboard, brilliant. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, You can't do that with a dog. Can't do that with a dog. Not legally. No, no, and certainly it's not ethical, moral, or anything else. Um, I love dogs. i got to say, I, I got to meet. Uh, not only uh, Robin for the first time at Sight Village, but also Hugo, his guide dog. Which ah, uh, oh, I'd, I'd like. So you know how you know how we're not supposed to touch guide dogs, right? Oh uh, yeah, I was all over him. Sorry, I know you were all over the dog, and Robin didn't care. And it was no. so funny because it was Jane who was yelling at you, stop, stop touching that dog. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. It was so ah, oh, it was all licky, and uh, and the guide dog was lovely too. Oh, yeah, Robin must uh, learn to stop doing that. Yeah, I know. Um, K.A. Syred writes, I hope I've got that right. Um, Hi, guys. Wordle has stopped working around one week ago. However, Wordle now has been made accessible again, and there is more information uh, available. We'll put this link into the show notes, but it does take you to the accessible Wordle information page. Uh, Kenneth the Curmudgeon writes in with that. Oh, Um, that's interesting because just last night I was trying to do a series shortcut to bring up the New York Times Wordle page and then run the JavaScript on top of it to make it accessible. I couldn't get it to work, but uh, that was the idea um, because someone was telling me yesterday about the Wordle uh, webpage and the JavaScript needed to make it accessible. So, um, yeah, I will look into that some more. I'm, I'm interested to see what this new information is. Des gets back in touch. Hello again, guys. I just heard you play and comment on my email uh regarding the cramps method. Okay, so here's what you need to do. Remember this? We have to put your finger on oh, your yeah. mouth and all this, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah? Well, he says, uh, you need to lay your finger across your top lip as if you had a moustache. Yes. Okay, Thank I'm doing you. it now. Yeah. Well, I don't like that. Uh, with pressure <laughs> on the bone that is there. This uh-huh. is not a joke. It really works. And I think that Sean needs to try some suggestions before he goes on about some things before he goes carrying on. Oh, Regards to the show. Oof. Oh, that's the first time you've had hate. I know. I love it. I, I, I love it. Not a fan. I honestly <laughs> thought it was just... right. So, sorry, who is this from? This is from Des. Des, hello, Des. So, all right, if Des. I, if I get cramp, I, I often get cramp in my in my feet, in the arches of my feet. 
Now, if I get cramped there, are you saying that doing the... I'm going to say the Hitler moustache. I'm sorry, but that's what we're all thinking. Doing that moustache <laughs> isn't... Is that? Are you saying that will fix it? You know what? I will let you know. I, I get cramped all the time, so I will let Excellent. you know. Excellent. Right, so any you. moment now, we will yeah. find out the answer to this. Yeah, okay. I find it hilarious that you get cramped and then suddenly you're... You've got to be careful where you're doing that, I think. Yes. Especially, especially if your feet are the challenge and you have to stand up and do a funny walk at the same time. I can see horrible, horrible implications to this. I have a feeling you're you're being led into a trap. Here, I know, Mr. Priest, because you're you're basically pushing your 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 gum line. You're pushing your why, gum. Why does that do anything? Yeah. Yeah, is right. there a bone there? I thought that was just for your teeth. Teeth. Is that a bone? Teeth. I suppose it is. Teeth. All right, Des, I will get back to you. I will do an experiment. And if any of our listeners uh, can try that out and report back, then let us know. It's a textual. Honest. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the line on the other one. We can't use it here. Oh, sorry. Speaking of which, how is uh, how's Double Tap this week? Was it, I enjoyed it last week. I have to say the 10 oh, minutes of silence was brilliant as right. well. Right, okay. Yes. So, yes. Uh, episode 244, I believe, and I made a mistake. Yes, I'll put my hands up. I, Do you know the but, funny thing is, we had a bit of a disagreement, nothing unusual. Yes. And there was a silence, and people thought that we had fallen out. <laughs> we just didn't talk for 10 minutes, 36 seconds. Yes, in the middle of it. I don't Very know specific, what, but yeah. I don't know what happened. I honestly don't know what happened. But yes, yeah, sorry, but it is fixed. Um, Mark fixed it. God bless him. So, Hello, Mark. If you did he miss on, it. He was on holiday at the time. I know, yes. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Kay writes in uh, Hi, it's Kay from New York State Wow, hello, Kay from New York State uh, that, No, it's C-A-Y So I'm hoping that is K. What? I think it is K. if it's not K, I, I don't know how else I would say it But C-A-Y? C-A-Y Yeah, I'll go with it Yeah Okay uh, Well, Kay, uh, hello to you uh, What's the big deal? This is regarding uh, <laughs> Yeah, should clarify some context <laughs> I'll give some context. Uh, so we were talking, of course, about the Victor Reader Trek and the stream and the fact the Trek has Bluetooth on it yeah. and the stream doesn't. Uh, well, Kay says, what's well, the big deal? You can buy a little gadget that you can uh, put into the stream that will let you use Bluetooth headphones, a lot cheaper than buying a Trek. You can, absolutely. Yeah, you can get a Bluetooth transmitter. Um, but, I mean, yeah. uh, great. Do you know the best one to get? If you use... want to use your AirPods, well, here's the thing, right? If you want to mm. use your AirPods... There's a thing called the Airfly Pro. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's actually necessarily the Pro, but you, there are various ones you can get. I don't really know the difference. There's like a really pro one and a regular pro one. I don't know. But yeah, basically, <laughs> it's called the Airfly, and uh, you can get various versions of that. They connect to your AirPods, and they allow you to connect your AirPods to pretty much anything with a 3.5mm headphone jack. So if you wanted to, and really what it's intended for, as the name may give you a suggestion, is those little uh, airline connections when you want to maybe watch, I don't know, something on the entertainment system on an aircraft and you have to mm. plug in headphones. Maybe you don't want to use the ones that you can buy for a ridiculous amount of money off the airline. Yes. Or you could just buy one of these little uh, Airfly Pros, take it with you, and you're able to connect your AirPods to it wirelessly. Amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely an option. And yeah, you can add Bluetooth to any device, really, with a headphone jack. But it is a case of, you know, it's just another thing to carry around with you. Um, and plus, it's so negative. Well, you need, yeah, plus you've got to make sure it's charged up. There's another battery to worry <sighs> about with the transmitter. So uh, it'd be easier if it was just built into the uh, Trek, or not the Trek, the stream. 
well, it will be soon. Well, I mean, at least well, in this new version. No one told yeah. us anything. So There will be Bluetooth in it. I'm there not, will be Bluetooth ahead. I'm not talking. I'm not talking to them. Okay. They've upset me. Shall we talk about Jaws? Shall I don't we talk about Windows? Care. Shall we talk about ARM? Let's talk A-R-M. about ARM. ARM. Sounds like a radio station that you're listening to. ARM. <laughs> well, yes, we're going to talk about ARM and Jaws in particular because they have just announced over the weekend the beta release of the uh, Jaws for ARM, which means Arm. that it will run on Windows 11. Uh, and uh, we have someone on the line who is uh, going to be with us in just a sec, who's going to tell us all about his experience of trying this out on what I might say is the best system on earth. Oof. The Mac. I'm just saying. I'm just leaving it there. I'm not commenting. Okay. Uh, if you say so. Apparently you hate it and it does everything wrong, but uh, it's the best system on earth, apparently. It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's everything and nothing to me. Uh, but yes, uh, let's bring in Aaron in just a second. Aaron's from Cumbria. Uh, he got in touch with me uh, very kindly just as the announcement had come out. And instantly he was like, right, we're going to send a demo in because I want to show you this in action. I want you to hear Jaws 11, uh, or Jaws, I should say, on ARM on Windows 11 on a Mac. Wow, there's a combination wow. for you. Uh, here's a short demo from Aaron before we bring him in. Hey guys, this is Aaron with a demonstration of JAWS for Windows on ARM. For this demonstration, I'm going to be using my MacBook Air M1 with Parallels Desktop with Windows 11 running as a virtual machine. It's worth noting that JAWS for ARM, as it's pronounced, can only be run on Windows 11. It's also worth noting that using Parallels in this way with Windows 11 is not a supported scenario by Microsoft, nor is it supported by Freedom Scientific. I am currently not in the Parallels window, and I'm going to Command Tab into the window. You're going to hear the computer say NumLock off. This is important. This means that the keyboard has been captured by the virtual machine. NumLock off. I find that announcement particularly useful. I'm already located in the downloads folder where the JAWS file has been downloaded. Something to note is that when downloading JAWS for ARM, or JAWS as we will call it from now on, you have to provide an email address, but it is what it is. The date group K2022.2206.37.400 offline ARM 64.11. I'm currently using NVDA 2022.1, just so you are aware. I'm going to press enter on the installer and begin. Secure desktop. Downloads unavailable. Downloads unavailable. Initializing JAWS setup. Unknown. JAWS install Windows. To start narrator for speech, press Control plus Windows Windows key plus Enter. As you see, it prompts to start narrator. The reason for this is because, well, I'm assuming JAWS doesn't know you have another screen reader running on an ARM version of Windows. I'm just going to press continue here because I already do. I accept the license agreement checkbox not checked. Checked. I'm going to accept the license agreement and I'm going to press Enter. Progress bar 0% unknown. And now we wait. Progress bar 53%. As you just heard, we're about halfway through the install. It's been about seven or eight minutes. Close. As you just heard, NVDA said close. I'm going to click this button now. Uh, no. JAWS setup information dialog. The setup has made changes that require you to restart your computer. Would you like to restart now? Yes button. I'm going to select yes. Once I do, the system is going to reboot and JAWS should start. Note that NVDA will not start when Windows does. Unknown. Uh, That is Windows starting up. 
Jaws, beta release. And Jaws Start followed. menu, type in text, menu. We're now in the start all Leaving menus, start menu. Jaws activation dialog. This application requires authorization to run on this system and will continue in 40-minute mode. For a full version, please select the update authorization button. Update authorization button to activate. Press space bar. Alt plus U. I'm not sure what the activation rules are for this version of Jaws, so I'm not going to risk that. I'm just going to click continue in 40 minute mode by pressing Alt plus C. Alt C. We're now back on the Windows 11 taskbar. Just to do some basic things, I'm going to open Microsoft Edge and go to Google. Menu, edit, type text in this edit field or press up or down arrow to move through items. As I said previously, I'm using start all back as my start menu. S-R-O, program, O-F-T, Microsoft Edge, enter, leaving menus, edit, type in text, opening new window, address and search bar, edit, search or enter web address, type alert, Microsoft cares about your privacy, Microsoft and our third dash part. As you can hear, JAWS works absolutely fine. Add this page to favorites, left parent control plus D right parent button menu, press space to activate the menu, then navigate with arrow keys. Before today, this was not possible. Current versions of JAWS will just not work. They don't even try to read the screen. For one more simple test, let's visit Google, just to see if we can navigate a web page. Alt D, address and search bar edit, search G O O G L E period C O period U K. As you can tell, it reads characters just fine. Enter, loading page, https colon slash slash www, Google search by voice button to active Google search button, I'm feeling lucky button, United Kingdom. As you can tell, we can just fine. This was a very brief demo of JAWS. Some of its more advanced features I will demonstrate in a future demo. For example, we can try the JAWS cursor on ARM, or we can try research it, or some of the other cool things that JAWS can do. I hope you guys enjoy this and I hope it's useful. Yeah, it certainly was very interesting to hear uh, JAWS on uh, ARM. <clears throat> yeah. uh, Aaron's with us. <laughs> Hello, Sean and Stephen. It is ARM, by the way. Just, just to clarify. This is uh, it's great to have you with us uh, here. Uh, you're in Cumbria, and I really yes. do appreciate you sending in that demo late one evening over the weekend. It was one in the morning by the time I was done, Stephen. I know. It's, it, the, the commitment you have to our show is incredible. I really do appreciate it. Really do appreciate it. Uh, and and well just, it was wonderful well to done. hear Jaws working on Windows 11 on ARM. And you're using that on the MacBook, as you're saying. Um, now, what I think it would be really helpful for us would be to understand a little bit about the virtualization tools, because there are three that I'm aware of. Uh, there's Parallels, there's VMware Fusion, and there's UTM, which I must admit I didn't know about until very recently. And I thought it might be good for people to kind of, or for us really, to get a handle on the different ones and how, what their accessibility is, because that's often the challenge as well, isn't it? It's one thing, the software being available, but how accessible is it to install a virtual machine on your computer? So... Let's maybe kick off with that, if you don't mind, Dan. Okay, so I'll start with the one that I use most, and that's Parallels. Parallels is not very accessible. You will be, uh, you know, which is unfortunate, but it can be made to work, and the installation process for Windows is actually the easiest out of all of them. It's a simple click into the installer, click download on Windows, and you're, you're off. It will create everything for you, do all the setup for you, and drop you into a Windows desktop. It's that simple. VMware Fusion is what most people know on the Mac already. Uh, a lot of a lot of blind users have used VMware Fusion before, me included. Now, VMware Fusion have stated VMware, sorry, have stated they will not support Windows 11 emulation at all. 
They will not guarantee it will work. They won't give you support for it if it breaks. Um, they don't consider it a priority, which I don't really understand the reasons. I think it has something to do with licensing um, and all that kind of thing, where Parallels, they say it's up to the user whether they comply with the license agreement or not. Um, now, that's very accessible. Installing Windows is not the easiest uh, with VMware Fusion. You need to use an external sound card connected via USB. But it does give you some advantages. Uh, like, you can, for example, pass keyboards through to the virtual machine by connecting them to the computer, which then means you can do something like use Windows at the same time as you're doing something else on the Mac, which is absolutely great for recording and giving a presentation, for example. UTM is the newest uh, addition to the virtualization suite, as it were. It came out a couple of years ago, and it is fully accessible with VoiceOver. Um, and very hey. easy. Yes, it's fully accessible Woo. and very easy to navigate and use. They provide pre-made virtual machines in their gallery that you can download, and then all you have to do is import, uh, or that is, add your own Windows ISO that you, uh, which is an image, by the way, that you download. That's all you need to do for Parallels. You can then click, uh, not Parallels, sorry, UTM. Then you click Start, and yep. you're you're in the window setup, and everything will read with Narrator just fine. Yeah, just just, just as an aside at this point, um, you are able to also get UTM on iOS and I guess iPadOS, right? Yes, you can. That's a little bit more complicated. You can do it. Um, I don't. I'm not entirely sure what versions of iOS it supports. There are a couple of different versions for different devices, um, but you can you can indeed install UTM on iOS and iPadOS and do the same things that you could on the Mac. You're limited by the amount of RAM that iOS uh, allows you to dedicate to an app. So I think the rule of thumb is that an app can access a quarter of the system memory. This doesn't apply with iOS 16 though, because of the virtual memory swap on the higher end M1 iPads. Then you can access mm, 16 okay. gigabytes of RAM, so that should be much less of a constraint. Wow. Now, you have a, you've actually had this running. You've had Windows running on an M1 iPad. Yes, I have done this before. Um, there are a lot of different ways to do it. Um, UTM is is not the best way to do it. You have obviously the latency, uh, the latency concerns of the RAM access because it does not yet work on iOS 16. Um, I'm not sure what the status of iOS 16 development is. Um, because I'm, I'm not, I don't work on the project. Um, but I'm sure they'll release information as and when that becomes available. Well, yeah, and it gets to a point, doesn't it, where it's like you, you've got beaters fighting with beaters fighting with beaters. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I asked that because I'm well, just. It's I was, mostly that Apple try and stop it. Well, I, well, do you think they would do that? Um, do you think they would try and stop that kind of progress? Yes. Do they do. They, they stop that, yes. Um, they used to have a feature called Just in Time which would allow you to compile code. So that is run code that is just compiled on the system as you as you progress through through the app. Um, they still allow that for App Store apps, but because of what UTM does, Apple will not allow it on the App Store. So you lose that, you've lost that capability already. They've already removed that feature. Boo. The only way to do that now with an app that isn't on the App Store is to plug your device into a Mac and leave it there. 
It's it's like an arms race. Oh, sorry, an A R M S race. Is it? Oh, very good, very good, oh, very good. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Thank you. I was waiting well for done. that. I was like, oh, I, I look, it all sounds so cool. I've never heard of UTM before. I've heard of Parallels, obviously, and and uh, VMware. Uh, also, VirtualBox, I've heard of before, but not UTM. So that sounds uh, that sounds really cool. It's the most accessible option out there. It is the most accessible option out there. It does have some downsides, though. Oh. Um, you cannot play games in UTM. If you're wanting to play games, don't go with UTM. The reason for that is it doesn't support any GPU acceleration nah. yeah. or anything nah, of the sort. Care. So your Office apps, sorry, Stephen, will run probably really slowly. I've got so many questions here that this brings up. Never mind uh, Jules for ARM. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. I, I want to talk about Windows 11 for ARM because last time I looked at Windows for ARM, and I've talked about this previously on the podcast, is that, uh, well, you know what? It's just not fit for purpose. It was so slow. The x86 emulation was terrible. It only supported 32 bit, I think, at one stage, not x, uh, not 64 bit. Now, how are you finding Windows 11 in general, particularly? for emulating x86 or your standard Windows programs. How is it? It's really, really good. Um, most of the programs I still use are x86 based, as are most things on Windows, because Microsoft obviously maintained the backwards compatibility, so developers don't really feel the need to push the ball forward, um, which is unfortunate, but true. And it emulates them just fine. Now, I can't comment on Microsoft's own devices, the Surface Pro X, or any of the others that they've come out with. From what I've heard, they're not the greatest because of the weaker CPUs and the bad emulation, but because of Apple's implementation of emulation on the M1 chip, and because Parallels leverages that to some extent, everything runs very, very snappily uh, on, on Windows 11 for uh, for ARM in general. That's the, I'm, I'm getting slightly confused. So you're saying that the, the Windows 11 for ARM actually takes advantage of the built-in emulation uh, built into the M1 chip? No, Parallels does that. Parallels does that and allows Windows to allows Windows to call it as it normally would, and it takes advantage of that. I don't quite understand how that works. So is that a parallel specific? Yes, it is, but it still runs really well in the other two pieces of software, um, just because of the speed and efficiency of the M1 chip in general. So you don't really need that extra help, but Parallels provides it. It's optimized for it. And you said you were running their NVDA as default in your Windows 11 for ARM. Yes, I was. I was running Win uh, Windows 11 and NVDA, which is not compiled for that architecture. It was running in x86 emulation. Yeah, so just your standard NVDA that you would download from nvaccess.org anyway. And how was that running then? That ran really well, yeah. I could do everything I wanted to do. Um, it was actually faster than on my actual Windows 11 machine, which has an AMD uh, <laughs> Ryzen... Uh, wow. Like, I think it's 5700X in it. It ran fantastic. <laughs> it ran even better than on that system. This is answering some really interesting questions for you because I, I was wondering about this whole, would you be able to run third-party applications or was everything on Windows 11 Preview or Beta or whatever it's called, um, you know, is that going to be only from the store that you can get those those applications? But you're saying no. You're, or is that because of the Mac? Is the Mac allowing that? to happen. No, you're not limited at all. Um, now, Microsoft might put limits on certain versions of Windows, like Windows 11 SE, uh, which is for the education market, and that can only obtain uh, apps from the store. 
but that's not what you would normally download. The images that you download for Windows 11 emulation will just be your standard home and pro images, and you can download anything you like and run anything you like. The only caveat to this is no driver support. Um, you cannot install x86, x64 uh, drivers right. on Windows 11 ARM. It just, you can't do it. It's The support Ooh. isn't there. Right. And is Windows 11 for ARM? You're making me, you're training me here, Aaron. I've, I've, it's in my head now. I was calling it, it ARM just is, a second is ago. Windows... Most people do, so it's fine. <laughs> so, is Windows 11 for ARM now easily accessible? Can you just download it from Microsoft itself, or have you still got to jump through some certain hoops to get hold of the image? There are a couple of ways you can do it. Um, you can't download it from Microsoft. They're not selling it at retail, and that's because of their exclusivity agreement with Qualcomm which should be expiring this year, by the way, just so you know. Yes. That's coming to an end. Finally. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that will change. But right now there's a website called uupdump.net, and what that allows you to do is create a Windows image from uh, a Windows update package that they provide on the website. You click on the package, you click on convert, create, and then it'll do the rest for you. It is important to say at this point, this is very much a beta area. I mean, this is not something that you want to be delving into if you're not... This isn't a system that you're going to set up on your Mac, for example, and use as your everyday computer, is it? Because you, you can't at this stage. There's too many variables. You well, you could, yes. You but... can. Um, but you have to, if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, you have to be... You have to have a enough uh, technological know-how to fix it when it breaks because it will mm. break yeah. regularly. Now the virtualization softwares actually cover you a little bit here and they uh, have things called snapshots which are incredibly useful little things and they let you take a snapshot of your virtual machine in its current state and so I always do this every time I install something or modify something or as soon as I've installed Windows I take a snapshot and the reason for that is if something goes wrong, I can always roll back to that snapshot from the virtualization software. So Windows doesn't even have to boot. I can roll back to that snapshot and everything will be as it was before I made whatever change I made. Yeah, fantastic. So we can say that Windows Forearm in general is looking better than it has done before because I was pretty harsh on it before. I said it you know, honestly wasn't worth looking at. But from now, from what you say about Windows 11 for AR, I'm actually, it's perfectly usable to, well, to a certain degree. Yes, it is. Um, another advantage of it is you're not so limited by memory because x86 and x64 computers, you know you know what, you know know what the deal, like 16 gigs of RAM is your minimum, anything lower than that and you're going to have problems. That's not the case. I'm running this on a f uh, 8 gigabyte RAM, 256 gigabyte Air, so I've only dedicated 4 gigs to Windows and I can have, you know, five or six Edge tabs open, three, four Word documents, Outlook, JAWS. Um, you know, I can have Zoom open. I can be doing something in Teams and Discord and, blah, and whatever else I want. And it's not even going to cause a problem Jeez. on four gigs yeah. of memory. Well, that's the M1 Mac in general, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, <laughs> the Apple Silicon that's itself is amazing. In general, ARM is a much better platform. ARM. ARM. Yeah, if you can, sorry, can get it right, Alan, please. <laughs> sorry, Sean. <laughs> Please. Right. Okay. I think we covered that. Let's just jump back to Jules for ARM for the minute. And um, so is there anything, this is a beta, so we're not going to be too harsh on it, obviously. But so what's your general impressions? My general impressions is that it's a great start. Um, 
it's a it's a great uh, step forward. It's a good step in the right direction. It does have some ways to go though. I found some quite significant focus issues, especially when typing in documents. It will just start reading the entirety of the document every time you type a character, and that's not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's that's not fantastic. You know, you have a six-page document, and every time you type a character, it starts reading, and you can't interrupt <laughs> it because the interrupt key doesn't work for whatever reason. Um, because <laughs> it just randomly does that sometimes. But otherwise, it's it's great. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, but NVDA is still faster. Even running an emulation, I'm not sure what they're doing. Maybe someone from Vispero can contact NV Access and ask them, hey, what are you what are you doing to, to optimize this? Um, <laughs> I think that might be a... Might be something to to look ahead to, to do, or perhaps it's the first it, release. It I mean, been pushed to the. It is yes. It is the first. And release. Vespero have made it very so clear I'm that this is. Yeah, I mean, Vespero have made it very clear this is very much day one, right? So, you know, we're we're a very early day. I'm, I'm just keep, expecting it to improve. Well, absolutely, and, I, and it's interesting because you know, Sean and I have had this debate so many times, and I always say to you, Sean, patience is a virtue. It will come in time. I don't have much yes. of that. I know I you guys have, have no that, patience no. whatsoever. Sorry. If it doesn't work, it's like, why isn't it working? What's going on? <laughs> my, approach is, my approach is normally, how can I fix it? Uh, but, uh, that's the thing. You are a bit of a whiz kid there, Aaron. You know your stuff uh, far more than I know, obviously. Uh, but i got to say, that was a great demo. Thank you. I'm yeah, going to do more if, if the interest is there uh, as the releases come in and as things get fixed um, and as things improve. I did actually get a chance after the demo to use the Jaws cursor in an app that wouldn't... Um, wouldn't work with with the regular cursor and it just works and i was really impressed with that actually because of the the procedures it uses when when doing it in x86 windows don't exist on on arm so whatever they've done they've they've managed to port that excellently and it just works um which i was really impressed by well look i i think it's brilliant what you're doing i look forward to more demos from you i know people are interested in this um, you know, I always try and bring this back to people like me who are, you know, are kind of people who are interested in this or fascinated by it, but are also a little bit nervous. I would say if you're listening to this and thinking, well, I've got a Mac, I could put Windows on it. At this stage, if you've got an M1 Mac, I, unless like Aaron here, who's a technical whiz kid, who is probably, you know, deep faking the dark web as we speak. I'm using terms I don't really understand. With all that. That was some strange, strange uh, <laughs> phrase choice there, Stephen. <laughs> well, welcome to welcome to this show. Um, but you know, look, I'd say for most people, this is probably not something to go and dabble with at this point. I am doing a little bit of dabbling, but just out of interest, to be honest. And and Aaron has very kindly set me up a virtual machine through VMware Fusion. I'm happy to if anyone wants to do this. Um, I'm happy to give up my, you know, some of my time to sit down and help them. That's not a problem. That's fine. I'm happy to be tech support for this kind of thing because I really think it's important that we get as many people who want to try it, trying it as possible because the only direction that we can go with this is up as far as accessibility is concerned. Um, mm. You know, because, you know, the, the only thing that, that can happen from giving feedback is it gets better and the more people we have providing feedback to these companies on how their tools work. Um, the better. Yeah. Great example of this actually is UTM. Originally, when UTM came out, it wasn't accessible at all. Um, now UTM is is open source on GitHub, and so a lot of people made contributions, and a lot of people contacted them with with feedback, and we got sound, and we got full accessibility of the app, and we got like ability to capture keyboard while voiceover was running, and all kinds of good stuff. 
that otherwise we just would not have got if people didn't test it and didn't feedback and didn't tell them what was wrong. And that's the key point about this, right? It's, it's a beta phase, but this is when the feedback is most important, especially for Vespero at this point, right? I mean, as well as the companies that provide the, the emulation in a sense. So um, yeah, very, very interesting. Virtual machines, I'm very excited about. I loved it when I had my 15-inch MacBook Pro until it turned into a jet engine, uh, and then I got rid of it. I'm using because it right now. <laughs> I know you're using it right there, which is which is wonderful. But you know, to me, it's, it, 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 I loved it while I had it, and then when the M1 came out, I was like, "Get rid of this rubbish in front of me. Give me yep. I M1." I did the same thing, the and then way. I went back and got another because at the, at the time when I got my M1, there was no virtualization solution. I was like, oh, "I'm not going to get another Windows yeah, machine. I'm right. just going to go get into the Mac." <laughs> He bought an Intel when the future was in front of him. He bought the past, Sean. Well, he should have just bought Windows PC, obviously, and just skipped <laughs> no the Mac completely. No one's going to do that. Come on. Get oh, real. Okay. Get real. No one's going to buy a Windows PC. Get yourself a Hackintosh. What is this, 1998? Those are dead, Sean. That's a dying, that's a dying thing, is Hackintosh. Those yeah. Are, those, yeah. All right, all those right. are dead. Like, okay. Yeah, I'm a Nordia one over years, there. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, very kind of you to offer your time as well to people who are needing some support with this. We'll, we'll make sure people can contact you via us if they wish to do so. Uh, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me on. And if you would like to contact Aaron or get in touch with the show, you can do so by emailing hello at blindguytalkstech.com or you can leave us a voicemail on this number, 0204 571 3354. That's 0204 571 3354. And leave us a message on what we are calling the Eleanor line. Uh, that's it for us today. Uh, well, at least for now, more podcasts to come. Stay tuned to the feed for some big breaking news coming up next. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Aaron. Stay tuned for more as Blind Guy Talks Tech continues.